0: This is BWLS, podcasts on wilderness medicine from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Welcome, everyone. My name is Carrie Woodruff. I am a sports dietitian and professor of nutrition in the Department of Nutrition and Integrative Physiology at the University of Utah. My passion is helping individuals translate what we know from sport nutrition science to when we go out and be active, how do we make it enjoyable, pleasurable, and also fuel our bodies for our performance. Today, I'm going to be talking about protein and energy bars. It's an area of big confusion, I think, for a lot of consumers. If you walk into that area of the grocery store and you look at the shelf, there are dozens and depending upon the store, even hundreds of options available. And so my hope is that I can provide you with some insight and some recommendations on how to navigate this area. The first suggestion that I provide is to think about what your function is. So if you're buying an energy bar or a protein bar, and I'll talk about the difference, you need to think about why are you purchasing this item. So an energy bar has um, energy in in the name. What we mean by energy, though, in terms of exercise, we want to think about carbohydrate. Carbohydrate is our primary source of energy. And so for energy bars, we want to make sure that there is sufficient carbohydrate to support that That exercise. So if you're going up for a hike, if you're going to go out and do some training, you want to have some energy available for you. If it's going to be a short exercise bout, let's say 60 to 90 minutes or less, you may not need to carry something with you. Um, Typically what we've eaten before or in the last 12 to 18 hours is going to be sufficient but if we're going out for a hike or an event that's going to be longer than 90 minutes that's when we want to think about what we're packing with us so energy bars can be a really great way to meet our energy needs during these longer events As I mentioned, carbohydrate's a primary energy source. So looking at a bar, you want to look at the total carbohydrate content, not just the sugars and not just the fiber, not just the um, added sugars. We'll talk about what all this means, but look at the total carbohydrate content. And for an activity, we want usually around 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour if it's going to be longer than 90 minutes. So energy bars that have 30 grams of carbohydrate or more Or if you're combining a bar with other fruits, dried fruits, or other snacks, then it doesn't quite need to be 30 grams of carbohydrate. So thinking about energy bars, you want to think about the carbohydrate content. Now, protein bars are different. Protein bars may have carbohydrate, or they may be low in carbohydrates, and they will typically have 10 grams or more of protein if it's a higher protein bar. And when we think of protein, protein is not synonymous with energy. We should not think of a protein bar as an energy source. Protein is actually very inefficiently used for energy metabolism. We want to think about protein as as a source of nutrients to support our recovery. Now, it's not to say that during exercise, bars can't have some protein in them. And for low to moderate intensity exercise, having some protein in a bar can be um, tolerated depending upon the individual. Um, We might see even upwards to 5 to 10 grams of protein in a a bar, in an energy bar that can be consumed during exercise without any issues, but recognize that higher protein-containing bars might not be well tolerated during exercise so if you're going to go out running or exercising at an intensity where you're not able to carry on a conversation i recommend steering away from bars that are going to have more than five grams of protein um, and especially bars that are going to have higher fat content let's say five grams or more that also can significantly slow down the rate of digestion and Um, and interfere with our blood flow um, to our muscles. So we want to think of lower fat, low to moderate protein content for the energy bars that we're going to be consuming during exercise. But if your intensity is lower, let's say you're going up or hike, you're able to talk with the people around you, typically we can tolerate slightly higher content of protein and fat. I'll give some examples to put this all into context, um, but first I just want to lay a foundation of what you want to be looking for when you're thinking of purchasing an energy or protein bar. So let's talk more specifics um, of what else to look for. When you're looking at the ingredient list on an energy bar, thinking of, um, of what, do you, what types of ingredients do you want to see? It's helpful to know that if you look at the ingredient list, the first ingredient listed is in the greatest quantity, and then successive ingredients are going to be in lower quantities. So those first few ingredients can be pretty important because those are what's going to make up the um, the, the foundation of that bar. If you can find ingredients that have whole grains, rolled oats, whole grain um, quinoa for example or other whole grains you might see whole wheat products as well though more and more bars are gluten-free given the increasing demand for gluten-free products but looking for whole grain ingredients in the first few ingredient list items Um, also looking for other whole foods such as nuts or seeds you might see egg whites Um, But generally speaking, we want to look for whole food ingredients. That is helpful um, for increasing the nutrient density or the amount of nutrients we'll be getting from that product. So the ingredient list is helpful to look at. Another ingredient to consider are um, sugar alcohols. You'll see that some energy bars or protein bars, and particularly those that promote lower carbohydrate content, they might say keto-friendly or they might say um, uh, low sugar bars, look for sugar alcohols. Um, These include ingredients like sorbitol, xylitol, urethritol. These um, These sugar alcohols are um, what enable a, a bar to be lower in sugar because they have a higher sweetness factor. So less is necessary and thus that decreases the added sugar content. Um, I just note to be aware of it because for some individuals, sugar alcohols can increase gastrointestinal distress. So symptoms like bloating, distension, or just general discomfort. Typically the symptoms are somewhat mild. Some individuals do experience some diarrhea from these sugar alcohols. So it's it's important to think about if you're going to go out on a long hike, you want to know that you're someone who normally tolerates sugar alcohols fairly well so you can always practice with it before you go out on a hike. Maybe you purchase a bar, it has some sugar alcohols. you have one during the day as a snack and just you know assess your tolerance for it before you use it on a larger hike. So those are some of the ingredients you want to look at. Other information that's available on the nutrition bar or the nutrition label, I should say, are um, is the nutrient content for different nutrients. Some nutrients I'll highlight are carbohydrate. And with carbohydrate, it's a little tricky because you'll see a couple different values listed. So you'll see the total carbohydrate, you'll see sugars, and you'll see added sugars. You'll also see fiber. So You want to look at the total carbohydrate. That number is important. As I mentioned before, if you're going out for a longer hike, you want to have something that has 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrate or more. Now, you don't need higher carbohydrate-containing bars if this is going to be a snack during a workday when you're not as active. Um, In addition to the total carbohydrate, you see sugars and added sugars. And this can be a little confusing, I think, because it can be um, understandable that when we see sugars, we automatically assume these are added sugars, and that's why nutrition labels now differentiate between total sugar and added sugar. And that's because there are also naturally naturally containing or naturally um, occurring sugars. So these are simple carbohydrates uh, and uh, mono and disaccharides: glucose, sucrose. Fructose in smaller amounts, and these are well tolerated typically during exercise. Um, And you'll find naturally occurring sugars in fruits, for example. You'll also find some naturally occurring sugars in some grain products as well as complex carbohydrates. So when you look at the bar, you want to look at the total carbohydrate and then the added sugars in addition to the total sugars. Having some naturally occurring sugars is appropriate. Um, It can provide us with nutrients because an apple will give us simple sugars, but it will also give us some vitamin C, for example, and maybe some potassium and fiber. Um, And so sugars are not necessarily bad. It's just the amount of added sugars that we want to be mindful of. Now, Again, if you're going out for a a hike or a higher um, or, or a more active activity, Having even added uh, added sugars can be appropriate as well. When we think of consuming 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate, it's less important where those carbohydrates are coming from. If they're coming from natural sugars or added sugars, it's still going to be our a primary fuel source for our muscles. So I wouldn't be so worried about added sugars for higher activity um, uh, days. It's more if it's a day when we're having a snack during um, during work, for example, or during, um, as a snack when we're not as active, that decreasing the added sugars can be helpful for our overall health. And in that instance, trying to look for bars that have 10 to 12 grams or less of added sugar um, is a good thing to look for. So when you think of total carbohydrate, you want to make sure you're looking not just at the grams of total carbohydrate, but how many grams of sugar and added sugars are there. You can also look at fiber. That's an undigestible form of carbohydrate. Now fiber is good for health, It's good for digestive health, can be good for um, our hearts. Um, Having higher fiber bars, five grams or more, for example, are a great option for daily snacks. Um, But having something that's higher in fiber during activity, can cause some gastrointestinal distress, just like the sugar alcohols. So I advise steering away from high fiber bars during activity, but they're great for bars that we might have as a snack during a regular day. Um, So those are some tips on looking at the carbohydrate, reading the carbohydrate content within a food label. Um, Other than that, I thought it might be helpful to give general categories of bars that you might look at. I'll give some examples of types of bars. Um, These are not exhaustive lists, nor am I promoting one bar over another. I am not endorsing any specific bar. I do not receive any sort of sponsorship, but I think it's helpful to see what are some examples in the different categories. Um, first, I started talking today about energy bars as a way to get the energy we need during our activities and so I'll give some examples of bars that might have 30 grams or more of carbohydrate for those long hikes for example. Um, cliff bars are a pretty standard um, go-to they fairly popular. If you look on Amazon, they're one of the most highly purchased energy bars that you can find. And they're a great option. They have gluten-free bars. Um, These are bars that are going to have anywhere from 8 to 12 grams of protein, which again, for low to moderate intensity exercise is appropriate. Um, And these are bars that are going to have 40 to 45 grams of carbohydrate. So for those longer hikes, that's going to be advantageous because it's going to help to make sure that you're not depleting your muscle your muscle carbohydrate stores known as glycogen Um, if you're not going out for a long hike maybe this is a bar that's gonna you'll eat um, either in addition to other foods that you might consume on a hike or for lower activity days thinking of bars that have 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrate might be an appropriate range um, and these can depend um, the protein content and these can vary significantly. If it's just going to be a snack, we want to think of energy bars that are 200 calories or less. Um, for most of us, if, if we're not being active, we don't need much more in terms of calories from a snack. So there are a lot of options you'll see that have about 200 calories, anywhere from 5 to 15 up to 20 grams of protein. And these can be great examples. So there are primal kitchen bars. Um, these are energy bars that have around 200 calories. They have um, about uh, anywhere from 9 to 12 grams of carbohydrate. They have some fiber, eight grams of fiber, or sorry, eight grams of protein. These um, are common, uh, commonly consumed by individuals who follow a paleo approach, for example, they're gluten and dairy free um there's rx bars these have a slightly higher carbohydrate content so these are more like 24 grams of carbohydrate they also have around 8 to 10 grams of protein um, they have about 5 grams of fiber so these make great snacks as well kind bars i like kind bars because you can see the whole foods right in them you can see the nuts for example and the seeds that are included in the bars you know um generally speaking having a serving in the, of nuts each day is a good tip for overall cardiovascular health. And so Kind Bars, um, you can see the almonds and the different nuts that are included. These bars have anywhere from 200 to 240 calories. They'll have um, four to six grams of fiber, which is a great option, and have around 10 grams of protein. Other types of bars. So if you listen to our caffeine podcast, we talked about some of the benefits. Of caffeine, if you haven't listened to it, I, I recommend referring back to an er, the earlier podcast. Um, and we talked about sport nutrition products that have caffeine. More products are becoming available and that includes bars. So I have three different examples of energy bars that do have some caffeine. Um, what you'll want to pay attention to is the amount of caffeine because the caffeine content varies pretty significantly. On the lower end of the range there are a brand called picky bars and they have a smooth caffeinator version um, this is a 180 calorie bar it has six grams of protein however it only is 11 grams of cafe- uh, sorry 11 milligrams of caffeine and I note that because you'd have to consume, Um, three to four bars even to get a minimum dose of recommended caffeine. So if you're looking for caffeine, this is not going to be your bar of choice. It has other benefits, you know, it has some carbohydrate and protein, but this is not going to be a significant source of caffeine. Verb energy bars, on contrast, um, their bars have range between 65 and 80 milligrams of caffeine which is equivalent to one shot of espresso and for most individuals is going to be appropriate minimum dose of caffeine during exercise Um, so I recommend these as, as a moderate dose of caffeine if you're relying on the energy bar to serve as a caffeine source. Jesse's wake-up bars um, on the other end of the spectrum actually have a significant amount of caffeine. They have around 250 milligrams, um, the equivalent of around three shots of espresso. So that's a, a much higher dose. That would be the upper range of what someone um, of what most individuals would want to consume in terms of caffeine recommendations to support performance. So just being mindful if you're going to have Um, uh, Jesse's Wake Up Bar, I wouldn't have more than one serving at a time because of the higher caffeine content. But it's nice to know that we can utilize these products as a source of caffeine um, instead of having to carry on additional caffeine um, supplements, for example, as some individuals choose to do. Um, other types of bars, so you'll see some higher protein containing bars. There's One Bars, there are Think Bars, there are um, Builder Bars uh, made by Cliff, and these are bars that have 20 grams or more protein. What you want to pay attention to is the carbohydrate content. If you are using your protein bar is a way to recover from exercise, we like to see a three-to-one ratio of carbohydrate to protein. So if your bar is really high in protein but doesn't have any carbohydrate, um, you just might consider adding some carbohydrate-containing foods as well to the bar. So if you had a high protein bar that was low in carbohydrate, maybe you add a banana to it, maybe you add some other fruit to it. You could have some chocolate milk with it, but protein is important for recovery. We also want to make sure though that we're getting carbohydrate as well. So I mentioned the one bars, the think bars. These are bars that have anywhere from 220 to 240 calories and around 20 grams of protein, which is an optimal dose of protein to support our recovery. Finally, we're seeing some um, nice options for lower calorie protein bars for individuals who want a lower calorie snack, who are maybe um, monitoring the amount of of energy that they're consuming on a daily basis for weight management goals. Now, these are not going to be appropriate for exercise because their energy content is rather low. But if you're looking for a snack that you might have um, with a piece of fruit, for example, and you want to add some protein, there are examples like the Cliff Minis, which have 100 calories per serving and 4 to 5 grams of protein. The built bars have options that are as low as 120, 130 calories, and have 17 grams of protein. For example, um, there's a new Epic Beef Sea Salt bar, which for those who like savory options versus a sweeter bar, the Epic bar might be um, might be a good option for these individuals. They have 130 calories and 12 grams of protein. Um, Of note though, is that the Epic bars are slightly higher in sodium than most of the bars that we find. They have around 590 milligrams of sodium, which is a relatively high dose. Now for someone who is recovering from exercise, maybe they sweat a lot, some sodium replacement is appropriate, um, but for as a daily snack option, in the absence of exercise and high sweat volumes, um, we might want to stay away from products that have more than 400 milligrams of sodium per serving. So there's a, a time and a place for everything, and so just thinking about what your needs are. So circling back to our the start of our podcast today, when you go to the energy and protein bar section of the grocery store or online, think about what your function is. If you're looking for a bar that's going to fuel your activity, then thinking about bars that have at least 30 grams of carbohydrate per bar. Um, if it's lower in carbohydrate, then you just want to think about what you would add to have with that bar. For example, if you had a lower carbohydrate, bar a protein bar during a hike maybe you could add some dried fruit to it Um, but generally speaking energy bars should have 30 grams or more of of carbohydrate moderate to low in protein low in fat If it's a bar that's going to fuel our recovery, thinking about bars that have 15 and ideally 20 grams of protein um, and looking at the carbohydrate content as well. If there's not a three to one ratio of carbohydrate to protein, then just adding in some carbohydrate containing foods like fruits and other grain snacks to your bar can be a um, helpful way to support your recovery. And then there are lower calorie bars that are typically higher in protein, lower in calories, might be low to moderate in carbohydrate. And those are appropriate for the days that we're less active. Maybe this is more of a snack during a workday when our activity levels are not as high. Um, There are also bars, as we mentioned, that have caffeine. And so these are good options during activity when we want to um, utilize the benefits of caffeine to support our performance. This concludes our podcast on protein and energy bars. Thanks for listening to us. Um, That's it for today.